Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, so inflammaging, it's really rapidly being recognized as one of the core tenets that I refer to, I mean, I'm not the only one, I just like adopting the phraseology, the seven pillars of aging. And inflammaging is like the center pillar that coordinates all of these processes that drive aging forward, as well as, again, these ancillary pathologies that we've been talking about. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. (laughs) Cute. That's cute. Hey Sarah. Yes? I forgot to do a woif. I know. It was a little bit of a disappointment. I think people think that we're trying to avoid our <laughs> promise to do under $20 woifs. We, that is not the case. We got carried away with headlines. But I do have a woif that I want to briefly discuss before we get into this awesome episode. And by the way, we had someone DM us on Instagram that was like, hi, I'm a new listener of the podcast. Y'all keep saying a term that sounds like wife. And I keep looking it up and I can't (laughs) figure out what is going on. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's a a segment we do every week called What's What's on Your your Face. But we we haven't done that in a while. We haven't. Um, We should just like have it recorded so I can just insert it in. Yeah, we should. So... What's on my face literally right now is this amazing mascara. Y'all knew it was going to be a mascara. Let's be real. Like, I love a freaking mascara. There's been so many good ones launching. And I've been going back and forth between wearing Cali Ray's Come Hell or High Water or Ami Kole's new mascara. It's called the Lash Amplifying Mascara. I just love the way all of the products look. So it's this bright orange tube with the brand just front and center. When I tell you I opened up, do you hear the pop? Look at that. When I saw this brush, I was like, this is this is going to be my jam. So it is a little Christmas tree bristle brush. Okay. Like a little evergreen. So just cute. Just chilling. And this is, I would say, a dramatic mascara. It is so black. And it just makes my lashes pop. Because of how thin the brush is, it gets right to the base of my lashes so I can really, really wiggle and fill in all my bald spots. And then it also lengthens, which I really appreciate. So on the website, it says it's formulated with 87% naturally derived ingredients. Um, It's a buildable, flexible formula that prevents clumping. I've never had a clump with this mascara. Oh. Yes, it's great. It has shea butter and jojoba oil, so your lashes are, like, really soft. Like, I, I'm feeling them right now. They, it is, this is not, like, a hard mascara. Um, and it says that there's just one inky, deep shade that we call rich black. And listen, I don't know if this is going to be a product that doesn't transfer because it is so soft on the lashes. Like, if you commonly deal with mascara transfer on your eyelid either upper or lower throughout the day I don't know like this might do that because it does have those you know softening and conditioning ingredients um and it's a flexible formula uh it's not waterproof or water resistant even so you know you don't get the flakes I've never had a flake with this I've never had clumping um but I don't I don't experience transfer except when I'm applying, which is why I use the mascara guard. Um, so if you if that's something that you experience, then this may not be the mascara for you. Again, mascara is so personal. So try 
come hell or high water if you do have mm-hmm. that issue. But if you want, like, I can't believe this is one coat of mascara. I mean, I I keep looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, my God. It's, like, so rich, so deep. All of my lashes are accentuated. Like, even my really small baby ones that are growing out. And looks it's just, really good. It's awesome. And it evenly coats every lash. I know sometimes, like, when I use a mascara – I might have to apply more to one eye versus the other. Don't have that problem with this. It's just like a joy to use. I don't have to worry about it. I put it on. And it like even the lower lashes, drama. We love to see it. It's $19. You can only get it on Ami Cole. That's A-M-I-C-O-L-E dot com. And we are obviously going to link this on our website so you can go check it out there. But I wanted to give a shout out because it's it's just such a good launch. Good I love job, it. Good job, Jada. We love you. Yes. Yes. Great job, Jada. Okay. Now, the moment you've been waiting for. Let's intro our guest. We are so excited. And Sarah had never met our guest before. I have not met our guest in real life, but have had many a discussion with this man. So mm-hmm. his name is Ben Van Handel. He's a PhD He's a stem cell biologist at the University of Southern California and, most notably, the co-founder of Hero. And you guys have heard us talk about Hero. We talked about Hero. Kirby's been talking about Hero since, like, 2010. It, since its inception. It, since, since it was born in Ben's head, I've been yeah. talking about this, yeah. okay? So <laughs> Hero is the brand that made the anti-inflammaging serum. And it's... Really, the reason why I said that anti-inflammaging was going to be such a huge beauty concept in 2021, and not to, you know, to my own horn, but I was right, because so many products came out claiming to be anti-inflammaging, and really, this is the only product on the market that is, like, legitimately scientifically proven to actually stop and protect mm-hmm. against inflammaging. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn all about this. Um, I do want to give Ben his flowers and go through his bio, if you don't mind. Oh, my God. I mean, hello. He's, like, so accomplished. Please. Okay. So Ben is from the Midwest, and he went to undergraduate school at Northern Michigan University with a BS in biochemistry and graduated summa cum laude. Then he was recruited to do his PhD at UCLA and awarded the Chancellor's Prize. His PhD is in molecular cell and developmental biology. He's the co-founder of Hero and a stem cell biologist at USC. He has published over 35 papers and has been cited nearly 3,500 times. He's in a relationship and has a beagle named Yeti. This is all in his bio. He resides in LA. He loves Peloton. Oh, we should have asked him who his favorite instructor was. And loves racket sports, including squash. And as a fun fact, he roasts his own coffee. I love. Okay, this perfectly encapsulates Ben because... He is such a personality. Mm-hmm. You hear PhD and you're thinking, okay, we're going to get like really sciencey here. It's going to be very by the book. Maybe I mean, a little he, stoic. He does get very sciencey, but he like makes it fun. He's like who I would want to be like my science, sixth grade science teacher. Yes. He makes you excited about what he's talking about. And he also like is very aware of how people receive science, like mm-hmm. their thoughts about certain things. So like, He's not, like, all up in his own head, you know, just living in his own world. Like, he is a true scientist in that he wants to learn more. He wants other people to thrive so that Mm -hmm. that, that you can learn from each other. And Hero, he hopes, helps other brands create products that really do stop inflammaging so that this this category can continue to grow. Um, He thinks that this is going to be, like – you're going to go out and you're going to get your SPF and you're going to get your anti-inflammaging product, whatever that would may be. So, and I believe in it. I freaking love it. My skin loves it. I actually notice when I don't use it, I go through bottles like water. Like I am obsessed. Do you use obsessed. it in a, like, what, what else do you use it with in your uh, routine? I, it's my serum. It's okay. just my serum. So wash my face, put on my serum, put on my moisturizer, go to bed. Also eye cream. Um, and then in the morning, 
I, you know, rinse my face, put on Hero, and then put on my sunscreen. Obviously, depending on what I'm testing. If I'm testing like a whole new line of products, which I actually have been, I haven't been using Hero because I'm really trying to see how these products work for my skin. But I will say, if I'm like, oh, your girl, your girl needs Hero again. So you're not, you're using, like you're not using a vitamin C because it has vitamin C in it. Correct. Love to see it. Yep, it's my all-in-one. And y'all will learn more about what else is in Hero. You're going to learn about what inflammaging is. Maybe you have listened to us talk and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know what inflammaging is. Why should I care? He's going to go into that, factors that play a huge role in inflammaging. And he talks about, you know, what some, some other things that you can do outside of skincare to help uh, delay inflammaging, as, yes. as you will. I really enjoyed this episode and I feel like everyone will too because I feel like our glams just like love when people come on and like break it down and talk about like the science behind everything. Yeah, and they have passion behind it. You can Mm -hmm. tell Ben is just so passionate. Also, this is a product we've talked about so many times on the Mm -hmm. podcast. I love it when we are just waxing poetic about something and then we get the brand founder on and really like it just feels so authentic to who we are. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. So everyone enjoy. Enjoy this episode with Ben. As always, please find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on social media at Los Angeles Pod. And visit our website, LosAngelesPod.com, to check out every product we mention on all of our episodes. Oh my gosh, I am a complete idiot and forgot the most important part of this. So because Hero is awesome... We are getting a code for y'all should you want to try the serum for yourself. If you use code GLOSSANGELES on heroskin.com, you have to use their website. You can't use like any of their affiliates that they or retailers that they use. Use code GLOSSANGELES today through next Friday, November 19th to get 25% off of your purchase. We will have the link on our website if it makes it easier for you. And also you'll be supporting the podcast because that will be an affiliate link for us. So help your girls out. Then after the 19th, starting the 20th, there will be a 20% off code moving forward. And they didn't give us an end date for that. Who loves ya? So again, starting today through next Friday, the 19th, get 25% off using code Gloss Angeles and everything will be linked on the website. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We're so excited to have you. And just a little background for anyone listening that isn't familiar with Hero. I talked about Hero on our Fat Mascara collaboration that we did last year. We were predicting trends that we thought we would see a lot of. And I was like, I think we're going to see a lot more about inflammaging. And sure enough, so many products launched after Hero talking about how they stop inflammaging. And we've talked a little bit about what that means and what it is, but we wanted an expert. We wanted the guy that knows, Ben. So Ben, first and foremost, tell everybody what is inflammaging? Like what is actually happening when you experience inflammaging? Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity because I do. This is literally what I have been doing with my life for the last 10 years. So something I obviously am very passionate about. You guys will all get to see that. Something that is, I think, incredibly important to our bodies. I'm really glad to see this burgeoning field of biomedical research start to get recognition, including especially in the skincare space, because it impacts our bodies everywhere. And I'm glad people are seeing it in skin. So Inflammaging. What is that? Inflammaging is interesting because it's a portmanteau between the word inflammation and aging, right? So it is the aging caused by chronic inflammation. So low grade, steady state, daily inflammation that's present in our bodies and generally increases over time. What happens is this accelerates the biological clock in our stem cells and makes them age faster. Wow. Okay. That was like the best explanation I could even muster. Like if you asked me, 
I would be going on for hours. Okay, and then the cell does this. <laughs> so this is, is this a relatively new term, Ben? Yeah. So in the last, I would say, eight to 10 years in the biomedical side, where sort of I have my roots, this has really come to the fore. The idea that chronic inflammation in our bodies can influence negatively lots of different things from the aging process to disease progression. So for things like osteoarthritis or diabetes, this inflammation is sort of like an accelerant. It's like putting gas on a fire that in most cases you really don't want to be doing. Yes. Yes. And there have been studies though done on this, even though it's like a relatively new term, you know, if you're going and looking up different like peer reviewed studies and things of that nature, I mean, you've obviously been studying it for 10 years, but there's been lots done in terms of like the advances in this category, right? Yeah, this field is exploding. And, you know, there have been studies in a ton of different uh, sort of, we'll call them focus areas, like I was mentioning diabetes, there's also, you know, osteoarthritis, there's liver dysfunction, cardiovascular dysfunction, Alzheimer's, you know, so inflammaging, it's really rapidly being recognized as one of the core tenets that I refer to, I mean, I'm not the only one, I just like adopting the phraseology, the seven pillars of aging. And inflammaging is like the center pillar that coordinates all of these processes that drive aging forward, as well as, again, these ancillary pathologies that we've been talking about. Can you share the other pillars? Oh, get in there, Sarah. All right. Well, <laughs> now, now, now it's a party. Now it's a party. Okay. So inflammaging is sort of in the center because the other pillars that are around it Inflammaging sort of really ends up being the linchpin in connecting all of the other six pillars. So the other six pillars are DNA damage, right? So for example, for our skin, right, the obvious source of DNA damage is UV light cross-linking our DNA in our cells and stem cells and making processes that are super important like Stem cell regeneration, another pillar of aging. Difficult. So we've already covered two. Proteostasis is another one. So what the hell does that mean? Proteostasis (laughs) is essentially our cells. They're filled with proteins and proteins carry out a bunch of critical functions in our cells. Every time we use a protein in the cell, it's like a ticket punch at the fair. You know, it gets just a little less effective. And so there's another punch on that ticket. And eventually that ticket becomes useless. So we have to replace those proteins every once in a while. And if cells are incapable of replacing their proteins effectively, it actually triggers an inflammatory response in the cell saying, hey, something is wrong here. I'm not in love with what's happening. Can you please fix me? And then unfortunately, that has to come from with... Otherwise, that cell needs to be swallowed up and eaten by other cells and be recycled, which brings me to the next pillar, which is autophagy. So it's a Latin word, which means self-eating, autophagy. And what it means is, you know, in addition to recycling proteins, cells also need to recycle things like mitochondria, which are the energy producing factories in the cell. Mitochondria also have a lifetime. And at some point, you're going to need to replace the factory. And it's really important to be able to do it without causing additional damage to the cell. And that's what autophagy is all about, sort of cellular metabolism and recycling. It's very, very important. Okay. And then another pillar of aging is epigenetics, right? So yeah, I know, literally, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sort of throw us out there no. into the deep end here. We asked, we asked. Okay, so epigenetics is essentially how the DNA of the cell is packaged and unpackaged. Every cell needs to be able to take two meters or six feet of DNA and compress it down into something very much smaller than the size of a pinhead. Basically, in order to do that, the DNA needs to be really sort of packaged together and crushed down into very, very small units. In order to express genes from that DNA to turn on, let's say, oh, I would like to make some proteins related to regeneration. I have to unwind that portion of the DNA from its tight packaging so that I can have access to it and read it and then transcribe is what we call it, basically copy it and make uh, RNA and proteins from it. So epigenetics is how DNA is packaged and unpackaged. If epigenetically the cell is in trouble, it can't express the genes that it should, 
or alternatively, it expresses genes that it shouldn't. And that can become a big problem. Is that something that happens as we age is what you're saying is like, as we age, it gets harder for them to do that? For the cells to do all of these pillars of aging. That's exactly right. So there are sort of hallmarks of things that we as scientists have observed start to become faultier and faultier as cells age. Okay. And that's influenced by inflammation. Yeah. So inflammaging is sort of the thing that coordinates all of these different pillars. Because like we were talking about, for example, if there's DNA damage, flags a response by the cell saying something is wrong. And so it produces pro-inflammaging proteins. The same would be true if it's having trouble, for example, recycling proteins inside of it. Activate an inflammatory response not just for that cell. Here's the crazy part. They get secreted out into the environment. So then all the cells around it are also like, you know, my neighbor, mm, something, something's not right there. And this sort of feed forward progression can be what's really damaging when it comes to inflammation. Wow. Okay. I love talking about just inflammation in general. Like I was recently diagnosed with chronic dry eye disease, which I didn't realize I had. And like the type that I have, like I don't produce enough of my own tears, which could be a result of inflammation. So I'm like on restasis right now, but I also like have to keep in mind like other things that could potentially be causing like inflammatory effects, like my diet and things of that nature. So I just feel like inflammation rules so many different facets of yeah. like your skin and body. I have a question. And I don't know if this is going to like just take us too far out of the conversation about inflammation and skin. But has there been any studies or like, what is the conversation around the link between like inflammation and COVID? Yeah, fascinating question, Sarah, because you're right. So what happens, unfortunately, for those that have like a severe case of COVID, you know, you get a bunch of inflammatory cells that migrate to the lung. And uh, because it's the airway epithelia that get infected with the virus, And because they're infected, just like we were talking about, they send out signals to all the cells around them saying, something isn't right. I need help. You know, can someone come please support me? And the actors that do that are the immune cells. So they recognize what's happening and they swarm around into the lungs and the airway epithelia. And at first, it's a small response. They're trying to, let's say, pick off and remove individual cells that might be infected. A lot of the times what happens is you get this feed forward reaction where there's too many immune cells crapping out too many pro-inflammatory proteins and it builds and builds and builds and it becomes a tidal wave of inflammation that is incredibly destructive to the tissue. There are limits to what inflammation can do, right? It can be a good thing, right? Like saying, hey, come rescue me. Like I need help. But If it gets too much or if it goes on for too long, even at a low grade, then we start to enter territory where it's problematic. Wow. Thank you. Great question, Sarah. Yeah, I loved that. That was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Let's walk back a little bit, uh, talk about your career. So you received your PhD from UCLA in molecular cell and developmental biology. What was your initial intention in getting into that field? You talked a little bit about, you know, treating and preventing osteoarthritis, but talk to us and tell us like how you got into it. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's uh, kind of a it's a niche market, let's put it that way, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't even sure initially that I wanted to go to grad school. I did my undergrad in a tiny little town. There was really not a ton of research that happened at the university. It was much more of what we call a teaching university. But I met some really great professors that were, I don't know, they, they must have seen something because they were really supportive and they recruited me into their projects. And, you know, as I started to get more involved, I was like, ooh, ooh, I like asking questions and, you know, I like failing a lot. This is great. Maybe this is something I want to do. And so, you know, I think what sealed the deal was uh, there was a researcher from the CDC that came to my little university Uh, and gave a talk about the influenza, the flu virus, and about how every year it's different, right? And that when individuals get infected with the flu, sometimes there's this exchange of genetic material between co-infected flu viruses, and then we get new ones, and then our bodies, because they haven't seen them before, freak out, and we have to start the whole process over again of developing immunity. And I was thinking to myself in the audience of this amazing seminar, okay, this person 
they know what they're doing in their life. This is great. That is amazing. That is something that I think I really want to do. I started thinking about, okay, well, what if we could force evolution of the flu virus and like put it into an evolutionary corner so that it's not dangerous to us, but it's still achieving its flu virus goals. Like, you know, life, life goals for the flu virus, uh, believe it or not, the <laughs> evolution, right? That's, this is a thing. And, you know, that was the turning point for me. It was like, wow, I'm starting to ask questions on my own that I think, you know, are somewhat interesting, maybe to the rest of the world. So I applied to grad school and I got there and I thought I wanted to be a virologist. You know, so how they do it is there's a there's a couple, there's like 30 or 40 new graduate students. And then all of the professors that are looking for new graduate students, they actually take turns giving talks to the grad students to see if they can find mutual interest between the students and the lab. And my eventual mentor, she gave a talk about blood stem cells, how we currently use them therapeutically in the form of bone marrow transplantation. That's exactly like for young kids, maybe that have leukemia, we give them bone marrow to replace their defective blood stem cells, the genetically aberrant stem cells. It was stunning, guys. Like it was like I was sitting there and she was just like so passionate. And the energy level was something that I was not used to seeing in people that, you know, were scientists. And I talked to her afterwards and there was this immediate sort of mutual interest and respect. And I was so excited to learn about stem cells and how maybe we could, you know, support them and use them to improve human health. And this was, you know, back in the glory days and in California in like 2005, when the state had set aside billions of dollars to support stem cell research. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm in, let's do it. And so, you know, it like weeks later, she and I were in the lab together. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, yep, this is home. This is what I'm doing. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life doing this and to work with people like her that care so much about this. That's amazing. So then how did you get involved in osteoarthritis mm. research? Because the thing that we love to talk about on this podcast is like, we love it when there's innovation in the beauty industry that's a derivative of like a medical advancement or a medical need. It wasn't just like, oh, we see that aging is trending and people are always going to want to look younger. So let's make a skincare product. Like we love the story behind the hero serum. So I would love to learn more about that. Like how, how did it go from just thinking about osteoarthritis to like realizing this could be a skincare product? Yeah, yeah. And, and and really, that all stems from inflammation. And so, you know, as I got later in my graduate career and started to think about, okay, well, you know, it's time for me to spread my wings and start thinking about my future research directions. I ended up meeting another researcher that was very focused, you know, n understanding new mechanisms that were driving degeneration in the joint, essentially underlying osteoarthritis. And he was really thinking about trying to identify potentially new mechanisms or pathways were really closely involved causing the disease to get worse. And so, you know, we started working together because I was very interested in what we call translational research, like answering a fundamental question in the lab, but then trying to find real world applications of the answer to that question. So in our case, we realized quickly that inflammaging was a crucial and pivotal sort of center point for what was happening in many cases of osteoarthritis. And that if we could develop new molecules that specifically target the inflammaging pathway, we might be able to make a difference, you know, for millions and millions of people worldwide. You know, we started this process where we, you know, looked at almost a quarter of a million new molecules literally one by one, you know, assessed their capacity to, you know, interrupt the inflammation cascade. And after years of work and a ton of failure, you know, we eventually got down to a couple of molecules that looked really good. But then because we're perfectionists, we didn't stop there. We started moving atoms around even more because, you know, we wanted to do our best to find something that was very specific and very effective. And eventually, you know, that led us to the molecule we now call HX1. And the thing that I love about the entire journey the most is we know what it does and we know why it does it and we know how it does it. And I, I think that being able to answer those questions when you've identified something new is really important because it enables 
future innovation, right? So if, if, if I know, oh, okay, this is what the molecule does, this is where it binds on the protein, maybe over time, if I have more resources and time, I can generate new molecules that could be even better at that. But that all depends on knowing the how and the why. And so what we learned about HX1 is that it interacts with a protein that is present on the surface of stem cells. And this protein is pretty special because it controls the balance between regeneration and inflammation or inflammaging, right? So if it's activated in one way, the cells are experiencing a negative outcome. They are surrounded by, let's say, pro-inflammatory or pro-inflammaging factors. They activate the protein. And the cell says, just like we were talking about, oh, yeah, I'm in a bad environment and I need to pass that message along to all of my neighboring cells, as well as the cells in the rest of the body, so that we can try and fix this. That same protein can also interact with pro-regenerative factors that activate it in a different way, resulting in an entirely different outcome in the stem cell. So it is, it's really sort of a, a double-edged sword that depending upon the environment can be a very good thing or a very bad thing or maybe something in between. And so what HX1 does is it interacts with that protein and does two things. It shields it from interacting with these pro-inflammaging and pro-inflammatory proteins. So even in a bad environment, the stem cell is not going to feel it nearly as much as it would normally do. And it activates the protein in a pro-regenerative way. And so you know, we can see some really significant results in terms of stem cells behaving much like they would a younger individual, because that's what's happening in young people. They don't have a ton of chronic systemic inflammation. And so, you know, their stem cells are behaving optimally. They're active. They're regenerating. They're jogging every day and avoiding red meat. <laughs> you know, they're vegan. <laughs> they're, they're all of those things. Yeah. Whatever those things are. Uh, but that's what we ended up finding. And, you know, the jump from osteoarthritis to skincare it was interesting because, you know, we were presenting the data we had, you know, and it's in this sort of dorky scientific meeting. It's everything you would imagine, right? It's tons of glasses, lots of coffee breath and whiteboards. You know, it's, it's as dorky as it gets. As scientists, we get feedback from our peers because that's really important. You know, you need to have somebody point out to you, like some of the things that you've missed. This is what I love about science is it, it's such a, a great dialogue. Although it can get kind of snarky, as you can imagine, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, so we were presenting the data uh, and, you know, one of the scientists from down the hall said, you guys should really think about, you know, inflammation in the skin because there are a lot of folks that have conditions, for example, that are dependent on inflammation like acne or rosacea or eczema or even just, you know, inflammation itself, right? Accelerated aging processes in the skin. You should think about that. And of course, we laughed it off because we're serious researchers that do osteoarthritis. But eventually, you know, the idea took hold and, and really that's the genesis of, of how Hero eventually was born. Shake your body, shake your body. Can we talk about what else is in the serum in addition to the H1X? Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we did a, a clinical study on HX1 first because... HX1, sorry. <laughs> I said it and I was like, that's not right. It's all good. You know, we did a clinical study on it first because we really wanted to make sure that what we had made would have true impact on skin. And so, you know, we did an eight-week study where participants applied just HX1 not anything else that's actually in the serum. And I, sorry, I'm just doing this part of the question first, because for us, it was really important to understand what HX1 alone does. And we saw incredible results over the course of eight weeks with just HX1 alone. So we're talking up to 85% reduction in fine lines and wrinkles. We're talking about very substantial increases in firmness of the skin, really uh, evenness in skin tone. So reduction in hyperpigmentation, all these were highly significant and it was just HX1 by itself. So naively, because I hadn't at this point even washed my face once in my life, I was like talking with our formulator and I was like, oh, hey, so let's just take HX1 and shove it in something in a bottle and everyone will want it, right? Because 
we have all this amazing data and that's obviously what we should do. And she very politely laughed in my face, which is exactly what I deserved. And she told us like, listen, guys, you need to understand that in the skincare space, eight weeks is a long time or even four weeks is a long time to expect people to consistently use a product from people they've never heard of, of a, mm-hmm. that you know is based on an active they've never heard of, that is based on a pathway they've never heard of. You're literally three degrees of separation away from reality <laughs> right now. So let's rein it in. Let's think about what we want to put in this to complement what HX1 is doing. And so what we ended up settling on after about a year of formulation and really some I would say very strong curation of supporting ingredients. Like I'm talking me calling manufacturers and looking at, you know, mass spectrometry data for their stability of their vitamin C derivatives, right? Like I, I applied my scientific zeal to all areas of this formulation process because we, I don't know, we don't know how to do it any other way, right? Like that's just who we are. And so some of those other ingredients are vitamin C, like I mentioned, and it's a stable form of vitamin C that it's a tetramer and it's a hexadecil. It, sorry, it doesn't matter. The point is, it's a stable tetramer <laughs> that there is. I just, so I realized I started talking about things that you'd have to be like a like a weirdo like me to really get. But basically, the point is, it's a very special form of vitamin C that is stable in the air for really extended periods of time. And this is really important because why would you buy something that has something in it that the second you open the jar or squirt out of the bottle, you know, like that, it's not active anymore. So vitamin totally. C. Vitamin E, uh, because vitamin E is just, it's like, um, I feel like it's just baseline for the skin. Like it's something that just needs to be there. Mm-hmm. And then hyaluronic acid for moisture retention. It's an ingredient I'm a really big fan of. We looked at a couple of different polymer sizes and cross-syncing degrees, and we came up with the one that I felt had the best clinical data. And then we took it to some other folks outside too, because, you know, my opinion isn't the only one that matters, although I like to think that sometimes. And then we also included red maple bark. This was an interesting ingredient that we were looking at really closely because it had some pretty great clinical data with it. It's sort of a broad anti-inflammatory, but unlike HX1, where it's a very targeted mechanism, it wasn't clear what it was doing, but it was clear that it was doing something. And I was like, okay, I liked it also because it gets extracted, I think, in the process of making maple syrup anyway. And so they're going to be like throwing it away or something. And I was like, yeah, let's use something that would mm-hmm. normally be just tossed, but actually has really strong impact on the skin. And then finally, peptides, matrixyl peptides for, you know, some immediate improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. Those are sort of the main actives that are in the serum. Those were the ingredients that the skincare people are like, okay, yes, I know what those do to my skin. Let's try this out. Yes. And then like pleasantly surprised. I love that. I feel like Kirby, I want to like give Ben all of my skincare products and be like, tell me more about the formulation and the ingredients. Like, is it good? Does it get your stamp of approval? Yeah. We'll just <laughs> send you our entire regimen and like have you be like, just put X's on everything and, and check marks on the ones that work out best. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like if people had a resource like that where they it was just like somebody that they well, not somebody, but let's say like an app. Right. Exactly. That it was like, OK, this is vetted. This is not. And these are the reasons why I feel like that would be so useful. Sarah, brilliant idea. <laughs> well, you're our direct contact, so you're our app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do want to talk a little bit about the marketing of it all, because as I mentioned earlier, a lot of products have come out as anti-inflammaging serums or anti-inflammaging eye creams. And I was on a few of these death sides when they were announcing it. And I'm like, yeah, what are the clinicals behind this? Like, what's the ingredient in this that like actually stops inflammaging? And it, I'm not trying to, you know, call them out or make them feel uncomfortable, but they have to be like, well, you know, we don't have proof. Like, you know, we can't actually, you know, I really, they can't make the claim. It's just like, there's ingredients that are calming and soothing to the skin that can help potentially stop inflammation. And then, you know, there are some that have been studied, right, and do have that like proven efficacy behind them, which is fine. But like in their formula, you don't really know like how much is in there. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear like how the HX1 molecule in Hero separates itself from like everything else out there. But can you give some advice to people like 
Hero is a beauty investment, right? It's an expensive product. Yep. They are looking for something for anti-inflammaging. Are there certain other ingredients that are like not proprietary to Hero that maybe they should look into that you like? Yeah, it's odd because we're in this time where, to my knowledge, HX1 is still the only ingredient that specifically targets the mechanism of inflammation. It's an interesting time. I know this is going to change, right? Like I know that there are going to be other people out there, other researchers that, you know, really get at this. I'm so excited for that because I feel like everyone should be and will be using a daily anti-inflammaging product in the relatively near future. Like this is the next SPF. Like it's that level of important for your skin because inflammation, like we were talking about, is literally the central pillar of aging, right? Like we need to be getting on this and we need more than, you know, just us at the tiny little hero company, right? Like we need more people on this and I'm excited for that. But now I don't know that we're there yet. So I, I keep looking with bated breath out into the, you know, the, the skin verse, looking for new ingredients. And like, for example, red maple bark, you know, this is a, a broad sort of anti-inflammatory, but specifically addressing the molecular mechanism of inflammation, I'm not aware of anything that does it yet, but I'm looking for it. And you guys will be the first to know when we see something that comes out and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is it. Like this is the next wave because I can't wait. Totally. We're really big proponents of kind of breaking through the marketing jargon of it all. And, you know, like we talk a lot about reef safe and it's like, yes, we want people to be more aware of what inflammaging is. We want people to know like ways that they can kind of help to counteract it. But we also want people to realize like this is going to become a big beauty buzzword and you need to just be very be able to decipher like, okay, this is just a marketing thing. Like they put Sika in it. It has oat in it. It's going to calm my skin, but it's not actually, you know, actually affecting me on a molecular level. Yeah, it's not a targeted, right? So Kirby, to that point, which I think is really important, right? So there's a couple of things I would say is, is one, there are things that we can do for ourselves that don't necessarily involve products per se to reduce our levels of systemic inflammation. So, you know, getting consistent sleep, finding a diet and exercise routine that works for us, right? Each individual, right? Like, yeah, there are some great, you know, general pieces of advice. Everybody's got to figure out their own thing because our bodies are wonderful machines, but they are unique, wonderful machines. There are things generally that work. Like definitely sleep is a huge one. I, I can't stress enough having a consistent and regular sleep routine can dramatically reduce levels of systemic inflammation. Also, again, exercise, I know whatever it is, I'm not trying to be that person. I'm just saying what we see biologically and molecularly is really good for you. And if you can find a way even to just, you know, take a brisk walk for 20 minutes a day, you know, or even like a standing desk, anything you can do, it will actually help your systemic inflammation levels and indirectly you know, how your skin is responding. So those kind of things for sure that don't even require products. And then in terms of products, certainly ask questions, ask for the data. If they don't provide it, ask them. And if they're not responding to you, you can decide how you want to proceed. But for me, like we get emails every day or like DMs on Instagram or, you know, chats on the website about people asking questions. And every time I make this weird happy noise, because I feel like we're moving into an era where Kirby, exactly to your point, that people are going to look for more from what they're investing in it. Yeah, we wave the flag. We love that. Like, that's great. So great. Tell us what else do you have in the works for us? What can we expect from Hero? If you can share. <laughs> I can definitely share. I mean, you know, we, I think like many other brands, the pandemic has been difficult in terms of being able to move things forward, develop new things, because there are supply shortages there. Are, you know, for a long time, we couldn't do clinical studies because, you know, you've got a dermatologist right up in somebody else's face, right? Like it's, uh, it's challenging. But with that said, that hasn't stopped the ideation, that hasn't stopped the formulation side. So the thing that I think I'm the most excited about, and I think 
could be a game changer is a combination product that has both HX1 and SPF in it. Like uh, there's a like a big mountain thing on this image behind me. I feel like we're climbing that because <laughs> the formulation challenges are substantial, but we're not going to give up because at that point, if you can, if there's one thing you can do for your skin every day and you do that, you have SPF and hero, like, excuse me, an a, a anti-inflammaging ingredient in this case right now, it's HX1. There will be others. If you can do that, just that one thing for your skin every day, I think that's a huge win. Like, I feel like you're, you're the, it, like, because not everybody has interest in big, complicated routines or the time to do it, or maybe sometimes they just forget, right? If we can do one thing, I feel like that will be so powerful. And so, yeah, we're working our butts off to, to figure out how to get that formulated. Yeah, it's going to be amazing because of those two things, right, together in one product, you know, you're eliminating a major, major source of skin damage. You're hitting all the pillars all at once. Oh, I can't wait for that. I'm looking forward to that. You're going to wipe everyone out in the beauty biz with this one product. Well, no, I, <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, you raise the bar, right? Like, I think that's what I love about science. And now that I'm learning, you know, the beauty industry itself is like, you know, it's this friendly sense of, okay, let's make an innovation. And that spurs other innovation. And it's walking on the shoulders of giants. It's like a phrase we use all the time in science, because it's this sort of incremental building of a foundation that will last for a very long time. I'm excited to see what other people do in the inflammation space because I feel like we've sort of gotten out there and we're just sort of like poking our noses out of the cave for the first time. And now there's this whole new world out there and I can't wait to see what happens. Well, I can't wait either. I think Hero is a tough act to follow. So good luck to everyone that tries. I hope that you raise raise your game to <laughs> be at the level of Hero. I'm speaking to everybody that's a brand that's listening right now. <laughs> um, okay, Ben, last question. If you could pick a celebrity fan of your brand, who would you love if they went on some kind of show or came on our podcast and they were like, I love Hero, who would you just melt if they said they were a fan of Hero? So when, okay, so when you say celebrity, so they don't let me out of the lab very often. Like, so, um, is there anyone that you would be like, oh my God, I can't believe this person loves my product. Jennifer Doudna. Who's that? <laughs> okay, so she won the Nobel Prize last year for... Oh my God, of course, of course. Ben, I love you. I love you. She won the Nobel Prize for helping discover and apply the technology that we now know as CRISPR. So for gene editing, she's like a giant in the field. She's elegant. She's eloquent. Like... If she came on your podcast and was like, oh, yes, of course, hero, uh, I I would melt. I would die. Like, that would be that would be the end of my world. Feel like a lowly plebeian for not knowing that she won the Nobel Prize last year. So I need to step my game up. <laughs> well, OK, so. All right. Now, let me turn that question around. So because that's a celebrity to me and I understand how dorky that is. It's fine. Like, we can all laugh. But. Like, what should I have said? Like, how should I have answered that no, question? That was, like, no, that was the no, perfect no. answer. I love that answer so much. You have no idea I love that answer so much. Because it means so much to the work that you've done. It's someone you respect. And like, that is definitely the correct answer. That would be like, Ben, if Britney Spears was like, hey, y'all, I listen to Gloss Angeles and love Kirby and Sarah. I'd be like, oh, uh, Britney Spears doesn't sound like that. But I just love doing like a Texas twang for her. I would like be ascending to the heavens. I'd be like, bye. Don't need to be here any longer. Have you tried to send her a product? She's probably got a lot going on. And I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if she uses skincare. Like I have no idea. Like it would, it would seem invasive for me to make an assumption that'd be like, Hey, I'm a lowly scientist that really admires the tenacity or also um, the, the, the woman that was involved in developing the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Her let's get her. Like, let's do that. Okay. Both of those are great answers, Ben. I'm just going to tell you that even if they don't use skincare, they would appreciate Hero. 
Yes, I agree. Send them along. Send them a bottle. Figure out. Yes. Ben, you are so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the pod and really informing our listeners about inflammaging and, you know, HX1. Obviously, you know, Sarah and I are huge fans. Where can everybody find Hero? And then where, you know, can we find y'all on social media? Yep. So uh, our website for sure, heroskin.com. And then we have partnerships with Revolve, the conservatory, Materier, uh, and a couple of others that are in the works. There's a lot of ways to get Hero. You know, I saw it in a store and I was like, ah! <laughs> I, just, I, I lost it. I made that noise. And then on social media, it's at Heroskin. By all means, please, we, like I, I think it was probably clear to everyone by now, we love the dialogue. We love the interaction because we know that this is something that's going to be new for a lot of people and that they're going to have questions. And that's my, my biggest recommendation to folks is ask questions and keep going until you get the answers that, you know, really fit the question you ask, not just some sort of brush off because screw that. Yeah, screw that. That's a perfect way to end this episode. Ben, thank you again. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Ben. Be sure to follow us on social media at Los Angeles Pod. We're going to link Hero on our website, glossangelespod.com. You can listen to our episodes on our website or obviously wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Spotify's our preferred. Go follow us there. Um, but of course, if you're using Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and we will talk to you on Tuesday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.